GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to Scam Wow. I'm your host, Caitlin Brodnick, and I love scams. I love scams. I love you. Welcome. Thank you guys so much for listening. I need you just as much as you need me, hopefully. <laughs> I've received some incredible message. Thank you guys for reaching out. Um, I This is just a really tough week in the world, and I don't think that at this point, I can't even go into why, and we all know why the world's very difficult right now. So what I'm doing is taking a little healthy break and going to share one of my favorite episodes with you guys. It's with my brother and my sweet brother, Connor Brodnick. He's 10 years younger than me. He is a genius. He's a musician and also studies called again? It's a study of monkeys. God, it makes me feel so stupid. He studies primates? <laughs> monkeys? He's brilliant. He's going to, in the fall, um, incredible story about him. His plan was cut short because of COVID and health issues. And so now he's coming back. He's going to start at Oxford Brooks in England in the fall and do this really special program and get um, grad school. <laughs> Guys, this is why he's studying the monkeys and I'm studying the crazies because that's all I got. Um, and he's just so smart. So we we tasked him with an a job to do one of our one of our research projects for us. And he studies it so hard. It's fascinating. And I just have to reshare this episode because it was such a joy and so much fun. And right now we need that. We need the fun. We need some distractions and everything. I want to thank you guys all so much for listening. We have at least 23,000 downloads a month. And that's a huge, huge deal. And we started with like five. And so I want to thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Please share with friends and family. Please rate and review and write kind reviews because <laughs> when I read them, I get pretty upset. Um, and we have new Patreon patrons. So thank you so much, guys. And we have new Patreon episodes coming out. I share a scam that I'm currently pulling. We have back episodes where we talk with Kate Spencer. There's a lot happening it's such a joy. I want to thank you guys again for keeping me going with this podcast. And this is one of my most favorite episodes. Enjoy! But guys, I love our guest. <laughs> Quick segue. This guest is one of my favorite people in the world. Very cool. Um, has cool jeans and sneakers. So cool, guys. Welcome, <laughs> musician, writer, poet laureate, painter, Connor, Connor Brodnick. Brodnick. 
My brother. This is her brother. Thank you. Hey, very happy to be Glad here. Glad to have you. Connor, I know nothing about what you've brought for us today. <laughs> Um, oh, I thought you were going to say nothing about you. <laughs> that's okay, too. That sort of would fit my kind of esoteric theme of this scam anyway, which is going to be very tough to debunk for us three, I think. So oh. I think it'll be very fun. All right. What do you got for us? <laughs> it's so exciting. It's an old-timey scam. Yeah, this is an old-timey scam. And this is something that I've just been reading about. Um, so a bit of context is I got a really bad injury at the <laughs> start of ankle? quarantine. It was even worse. And it was so bad that I was bedridden. It was I was immobile for five oh weeks right at the start of quarantine. Yeah. So it started in April. And I was bedridden until mid-May. It was miserable. And so I had a lot of time to just look shit up. Wait, no pressure to like define <laughs> your medical history or anything. That's private to everybody. But like, what was it? No, <laughs> you can't say it. So. It was just like so debilitating. I was immobile. It it was like it was like a. Groin oh, I was going to say you broke your yeah, balls. Tell you off there. You broke your balls. It was. Yeah, I broke my balls in half, and now I have four tiny Lucky. balls. Lucky. <laughs> that must get sweaty though. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're oh laid up God. in bed with a sick groin. He's doing so, great, guys. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I had all this time to myself and I was reading a lot about like um just ancient orders as people do and and kind of old religions <laughs> and old do. mystical like religions. Like the Masons? You know, and the yeah. Freemasons. Yeah. Exactly. And this is all this is all about the Freemasons okay, kind awesome. of. Okay. Awesome. So essentially there's this religious group um, called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Yes. and Sounds are, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds creepy already. And it kind of had its genesis in like, I think, 1888. And it was so fractured uh, by some accounts or totally defunct by other accounts by 1903. Whoa. So it was really just this little Real 15 short, year. sweet. <laughs> yeah, just a little 15-year religion. Just take it and leave it. A little spunky you know? group. Wait, did you say... 1888 to 1903? Yeah. Oh, just, wow. Just, just a tight oh, yeah. little number. Just a little, little <laughs> tight cult. little worship number. Yeah. Um, and it was all the members and all the founders were uh, Freemasons first and foremost. And then a subcategory, they were part of this kind of mystical society called the Societas Rosicruciana in Anglia, which is like the English Rosicrucian Society. Whoa. And it's Who just knows? like a mystical, kind of occult, hermetic, like ritualistic subset of the Freemasons. I don't know what any of those words are. So it's maybe the Freemasons, but a little more concerned with... Wait, what are the Freemasons? The Freemasons are just uh, like somewhere between a world order and a boys club. Okay. Oh, I think I knew that. But they're still around. Like, Masons yeah. are yeah. still around. Like, in my hometown, there's, like, a Masonic temple. I have no we, idea. We grew up, like, 15 feet from a Masonic lodge. No, but... Mormon uh, temple? No, not the Mormon temple. Um, do you remember where the fortune teller lived on Knowles? Yes. That, across the street from that house where the Boy Scouts sold their Christmas trees. Yes. That was a Freemason Lodge. The the symbol, it looks oh, like a protractor. Thought, yes. Yeah. That's a Freemason Lodge. I thought that was an old people's home. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, they are all old who did look elderly. We had a joke. My friend and I had a joke in like middle school or high school that it was just where a bunch of old men got naked and played checkers. And that's always what I imagined on the inside. And I don't think that's too far off. I don't think that's Greek places in my neighborhood where I'm sure there's just tons of old men playing checkers. Yeah. Oh my God. Naked for sure. (laughs) Um, Wait, so we have this golden dawn and then yeah. this Anglican thing, they're both the same group or they're members of a different, or they're different groups? So it's like Freemasons are the top group. Sure. And then beyond that, it's this Rosicrucian order uh-huh. society. And that's like a little bit more mystical and a little bit more religious, but not explicit, as okay. explicit. Is it the same people? It's it's all getting narrower and narrower. Okay. So within the Freemasons, there are these people who are elected uh, to this Rosicrucian society. And okay. uh, be, from members of that, these folks strove to create their own religion, essentially, which Whoa. is kind of what we're going to get into, whether they created it or who created it or how they tried to authenticate it. But essentially from there, people made another subdivision and created this religion called... Uh, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Okay, so we've got the Freemasons, and then if you're a special Freemason, you get to be a Rosicrucian, and if you're a special yeah. Rosicrucian, or if you want to start a religion, you're a Golden Dawn. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's like, there. there's people who are already in the society within the Freemasons, and they're like, dude, I got to tell you about this Gosh. kind of pagan-y religion we got going on. It's the best. Great. So come on over. Great. Um, so that's, that's where it starts. And I guess... Where is this taking place? This is all in London. Oh, okay. Okay. But we're going to go across. We're going to get a little... Okay. We're going to get a little far out. We're going to go to different parts of Wait, Europe. We're going to go to Germany. Let me just read oh. a, a little wiki on the Freemasons. So I feel like we didn't define it enough for people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Freemasonry or masonry consists of fraternal organizations that trace their origins to the local fraternities of stonemasons that from the end of the 14th century regulated the qualifications of stonemasons and their interactions with authorities and clients. That sounds sketchy and vague. (laughs) Wait, but it sounds like the stonemasons from the medieval ages were the original bros. Yeah. Like frat guys. started the bro clubs. There's a lore. You know, people believe that the Freemasons have had kind of a hand in every pot. And a lot of presidents presidents Mm -hmm. are Freemasons and people kind of implicate them with different global crises and events more and less. It's, It's kind of more and less paranoid. Yeah. How do I not know more about this? I'm into it. I know. That's cool. <laughs> well, that's what... It's old-timey and mob combined. It's just, like, cool. I mean, I'm sure it's and filled it's with scary. people. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's, scary, it's scary, but it sounds cool. Because yeah. it's with all this thing, it's like, okay, what did these 900 years of white men have to lie about? That was so important oh, that they had to make it they're a thing. Also, You know, it's just like, what is... What the? Oh, they fucked each other. Well, our, our, <laughs> definitely while playing checkers. Poppy yeah. was a Freemason. No. Our Poppy was a Freemason. No, he was in the Lions Club. I know, but he was also a Freemason. Our paternal oh. grandfather. One of the best men in the world. Poppy. Yeah. Poppy, Poppy was a Freemason. One year, but, you know, you don't have to hear that much. <laughs> Wait, one year? <laughs> just telling secrets. Yeah, one year. but <laughs> He lost one year due to cancer. <laughs> That's not Jeez. part of it. You only need one ear to tell to listen to secrets because they're so quiet. You yeah. don't need a big two ears. I should have asked him more about the Freemasons. One. Okay, so we're in England. Yeah. Yes. So 
this Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, they're uh, the set of documents that establish the church are called the cipher manuscripts. And that's that's where my idea of the scam comes from, right? Okay. Because at the end of the day, all this stuff is just like antiquated shit religion. that is cool, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it's cool that all this stuff was going down. And the, the religion's kind of new agey and it ties in the Freemasons, so it's a little mysterious and it's a little occult. A lot of like Wicca and a lot of occult lore comes from this era of... yeah of London and the way people, you know, famously Alistair Crowley was a member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn briefly. Uh, Yeats, the poet, was a member briefly in and out. So some kind of, uh, some some actresses and actors from like the birth of uh, silent movies and, and stuff like that and then theater actors were kind of implicated. So there was sort of this societal, cultural thing they had going on that also made them a little more relevant to a normal person versus just being like history. Can I just interrupt <laughs> for a second to say that um, I was dabbling in witchery when I was in high school, <laughs> like in Wicca. I was so fascinated and I was on um, a chat room, a Wiccan chat room. It was like m- my pride and joy. I loved it. Um, <laughs> Wait, Sue, yeah. we are great friends because I also dabbled in Wicca. Yes, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I, we're, Connor and I are Unitarians too, as well as being all the and other Jewish. Religions. We were raised Unitarians. We were raised, Unitarian. we were raised Unitarian. Yeah, is how I would and describe it. a witch did come to one of our Unitarian events, and I was like, "She gets it." So jealous. I was like, "She can get it." <laughs> yeah. We went to. It was a very relaxed church. Okay, so yeah. my church took a trip to a mission trip to New Orleans because you know I was like in a like hey. conservative trip. Yeah. Um, Intense. Uh, yeah. And I bought tarot cards and my pastor was like, I just don't know why you would buy those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, just wait 10 years. <laughs> You're going to know the real me. I'm a witch. You're like, that is such a the tower thing to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you give him a card that said he's only going to have one eye. And you're like, like <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry. Back to okay. Connor's really good research. Yates, Aleister Crowley, all these people, they're members. It's a real thing. Yeah, they're members. So essentially, and, and I'm trying to relate it to the scam so that we can get to scamming about it. No, just but, take your time. Take your time. <laughs> We're having fun interrupting you. <laughs> this is great. I'm learning all about my grandpa. I am just have just learned about it in the last couple of months. Uh, so... I'm also, not to say I have a tenuous grasp over the subject material. <laughs> well, more than us. <laughs> but it's it comes and goes. And sometimes I find it very fleeting. So sometimes I try and rattle it all. So essentially, their core, you know, I'm not necessarily going to say their Bible, but the, the like covenant, the textual covenant uh, are these documents called the cipher manuscripts that I actually spent all of afternoon looking at the actual PDFs nice. of and reading. And they're totally kooky. <laughs> Wait, this is of the Golden Dawn, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're, you know, the cipher manuscripts establish um, the Golden Dawn. And the origin of the cipher manuscripts are unknown, essentially. And I think, I think that that's because members of the church sought to intentionally mislead people to give them some credibility and make it seem more like it was sort of mysterious or, you know, if not wholly, like otherworldly or mysterious. But so some people think that, uh, you know, there's this occultist named Frederick Hockley 
Um, you know, a lot of his kind of occult writings were collected in the cipher documents. So some people think he wrote them or collected them or, yeah, or like scavenged them from a Freemason's hall. They think him or this guy, Robert Little, like poached them from Freemason's lodges. So they just appeared one day? Well, that's what they want you to think. Yes. <laughs> so I don't I don't think so. They do. Th- that's that's the first kind of the first. Uh, piecemeal understanding of them. What what you know, or what the story is, is uh, this guy, Kenneth R.H. McKenzie, who is a linguist, who was famous not for his relationship with the occult or his relationship as like an aristocrat. He just like translated a bunch of stuff in the mid 19th century in England. And he translated a lot of stuff uh, like, I think he spoke a bunch of languages and he translated some stuff into German that had never been translated into German and some stuff into English that had never been translated into English and was just kind of famous as like, you know, not a literary figure, but a linguist. Translator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he, uh, and here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> The cipher documents, the cipher manuscripts are written in his handwriting. Oh! <laughs> so, the thing. you know, he was the, he was the guy writing them. But that's not So he point. lied and yeah. said he translated it, but he really wrote them himself. Well, he didn't even say anything about it. Oh. He just, <laughs> he's just kind of the middleman. He just comes into the story. But that's, that's what you know. He, he had them at one point. And it's in his handwriting. So um, it's like, well, you know, what are you going to do? I'm looking up the word cipher because I know I know what it means, but I don't really know what it means. Um, it is a code. It's like a secret or disguised way of writing a code. So were these written in, in code? Yeah, they're written in oh, code. Cool. But Okay, but, <laughs> you know, not to just go totally national treasure on them, but it's the shittiest code you could possibly do because, you know, you want to think of a code, it's like, you can't tell what's what, and it's really hard to decipher. In the cipher manuscripts, it's just like A equals this, B equals this. Ugh, come on, give us some symbols. It's just like one to one, 26 letters. He was busy. Letters. <laughs> yeah, it's he just had a lot 26. of things going on. It's a 26 letter alphabet, one to one translation. So it's just really inconveniently written. So this guy comes to lunch one day and he's like, look at these cipher documents I found yeah. at the Mason's Temple. I definitely did yeah. not write them. You'll never believe. <laughs> yeah, he's but like, I can't even write them. It's made up. <laughs> But if you want to read them, I have all this information. I can just easily recite it all to you. Well, so he dies. Okay. Oh, okay. Phew. And then here, here's where we actually get to the church. So none of these two, Frederick Hockley and Kenneth R.H. McKenzie, were not members of the Golden Dawn. It hadn't been created yet. They're just Freemasons and they're just kooks. Um, so then you get uh, this dude, Westcott who is actually one of the three founders of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And he gets, essentially, he buys the manuscripts from Mackenzie's wife after he dies. Okay. So he buys them off of him. Okay. Um, The weird thing is the guy he buys them from, he he has like a, uh, he, he sends a buyer out to get them from his wife. And as soon as it's all said and done, and as soon as he's getting people, he's like, the, the guy's called AFA Woodward. I know I'm saying a lot of names, right? 
But the the transporter is this guy called AFA Woodward. As soon as it's all said and done, and as soon as he buys the documents, he goes, oh, Woodward found these in an old library on uh, on Farrington Street. <gasps> he says on a bookstall in Farrington Street, AFA Woodward found these. What? Oh, so he sent him to do his dirty work and then immediately denied that it happened. Yeah. And he puts Mackenzie's wife, M- Mackenzie, who's now dead. Yeah. He, he puts her in a top level of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn mm. so that she is theoretically pledged to secrecy. So she's not going to say. So it's like so all he well gives her a real right fancy now. deal. Yeah. yeah. So it's all well documented until this point that this guy, this thing is in his handwriting. It makes sense because, uh, you know, Kenneth McKenzie is the pupil of Frederick Hockley. So it all kind of makes sense. It's like this guy's a famous occultist. His pupil is a great linguist. The linguist kind of collects all of his works into this. He has a wife. She fits document. in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he dies, but he has the document. And Westcott says, I'll buy it from you. Easy. But then as soon as he buys it, he goes, oh, yeah, that guy's sent to buy it. No, he found it in a bookstall on Farrington <gasps> That's Street. a bummer for Mackenzie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's a bummer for his wife, unless she's living the high life in this uh, high fancy. Yeah. That's a good segue for me, because one of the groovy things about the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is, compared to other religious institutions, um especially at the time, it is super equitable. And women are yeah. uh, admitted to and promoted yes, within Wiccan. the clergy. And there are women leaders. Yes, feminism. And women, you know, I don't know the names of the higher, you know, uh, clergymen or clergy members or priests in the church. I, I haven't got that far. I don't know that yet. But women have an equal order to men. And there are as many oh, that's prominent rare, women too. leading the congregation mm-hmm. as there are men. Great. So that's kind of interesting, too, because you have this, you have this kind of dichotomy of this ultra stuffy Freemason ideology, and then this kind of radical New Agey, Wicca y, occult y religious order that they're kind of starting in the wake of all this. These cipher documents, did they say anything cool? I read them today, and it's just kind of like this prayer goes like this. This it's the the religion's super ritualistic. Oh yeah. And okay. also, this is my segue. There are still people who are members of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. There are varying... uh, Like subgroups? uh, Not necessarily subgroups, but there are like more and less successful outcrops of Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn members and churches to this day. Like I was just right before this, I was on Facebook on their page. Oh, wow. And there's like 50,000 people who like it. And they go live every morning and do like a sun salutation. Oh. So there's... A little wicked yoga. There you go, Unitarian. There are people who practice. Yeah. And are they Unitarian? I say, my email is cbrodnick at gmail.com. Just C-B-R-O-D-N-I-C-K. If anyone listening is a member or has a correction or can reach out and just explain things to me or just wants to, Tell me about it yeah, because CC I'm interested on us. in it. Uh, CC yeah. on yeah. us. Come on. You know, Insane. I'm not necessarily going to say convert me, but do your worst. Let I want to you know, know. hear it. I want to dig it up because I'm obviously really interested. And obviously there's some really cool stuff in there. And there was, you know, again, it, it was super ritualistic. So it's not so much like you're going to go to hell. It's a lot like, this I is their am the practice. ISIS magistrate, and we are going to do this kind of sexy ritual in the dark kind of design. Okay. Is it like a Jesus <laughs> thing or no? Uh, no. Okay. It's like, it's like more religious mysticism. Okay. So it's like... Spirits? Yeah, so there's like some offshoots that kind of relate to Christianity, but it's not like... I think anyone who is actually religious 
would be like, this is heresy. <laughs> <laughs> this was made up by some translator of some guy. Yeah, exactly. So here's the scam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is all my horrible backstory. No, this is And great. I've been dropping a lot of names that start with yeah, M. Yeah, can't remember any of them, but yeah. I, I'm into it. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Redolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I study the secrets of the divine plagues and uncover the blasphemous truth that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Redolf Bantwine, wherever podcasts are available. So, in the Cypher documents, they say, contact this gal, this gal, <laughs> contact this gal, <laughs> contact this woman, Anna Sprangle, Anna Sprangle, and she lives in Nuremberg, and she's the Countess of Lansfeld, and she is the, uh, she is a medium, and she is a member of the First Order of the Golden Dawn, which is in Germany, and she, either to Mackenzie or to Westcott, has has uh, given her blessing mm. to start the church in London. Okay, so she's the originator of this. She's the first witch. Okay. Yeah, she yes, she is the head witch. If mm-hmm. anything, Good. she's the and she's again said to be a medium, so she can speak to spirits, and that's kind of uh, you know when you think about people creating a religion. I, I always imagine it's somebody thinking that they are talking to God or talking to their God mm-hmm. or something. And none of these guys, so these three guys who form it, which are Westcott, who I mentioned before, and then a guy Mathers and a guy Woodman. But all of those dudes, you know, one is just a coroner. They're all just kind of aristocratic guys with jobs. None of them are famous occultists. And so she's kind of their connection into the spiritual world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And kind of Westcott, who he, you know, he's obviously kind of shifty because he's lying about where he found the documents and he's lying about buying them. He is always implying that 
Anna Sprangle and Mackenzie, who again, his handwriting was uh, the cipher the documents, documents yeah. were in his handwriting. He's kind of always implying that Anna Sprangle and Mackenzie had a correspondence where she gave Mackenzie his blessing to start blessing, the, yeah. the church. Yeah. And then he died. Okay. But all that you really know presently from him anecdotally and all that there's actually like literary evidence of is that Westcott himself and Anna Sprengel had a textual correspondence over letters where she gave him his blessing to start the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Okay. okay. And in my opinion, they're just like caught in this new agey thing where the only way that they can sell these other English aristocrats on this religion is by saying, oh, this German medium... Right, gave us your blessing. Gave us their blessing, and that's the new wave. <laughs> right. right. So we, it's not like Moses. We didn't part any seas. We don't have anything else. But this one German chick well, we've got a cool said it was a from Germany. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's kind of hip, and it's kind of far away. It's but, definitely far away. You know, maybe this goes without saying, but Anna Sprengel didn't exist. <gasps> And There's no that's Sprangle? the scam. That doesn't go without saying. That's what's so crazy. There's no Sprangle. That's the whole scam. No, Sprangle didn't exist. The witch doesn't exist. Oh my gosh. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so crazy is that all these things, like, I'm kind of with, I kind of get, like, sure. okay, lying, we need the evidence, but at least you got a medium. But she is completely fabricated. And it's all, you know, it's so crazy because. All, all the, you know, everything I've been winding up to, and I know it's been pretty long-winded, but it's all these kind of, you know, there's one thread of truth, and then there's like a parallel thread of lies, but it's all kind of one step to one step to one step, you know, it's like, either the documents are from one guy or from another guy or compiled from a couple dudes and translated by one. And then they just throw a wrench in it and they just make up a medium. So who do we think made up Sprangle? Was it Mackenzie? It was, you know, that's a good question. I think it was Westcott. Okay. I think it was Westcott. And, you know, Mackenzie was dead. And he had Mackenzie's wife in the church, which, again, she was living a cush life because you could be a super high member of the clergy as a woman in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Yeah. So it's like... And it seems like he was the one telling, retelling all the stories between Mackenzie and the German. And so he's the one saying... He's the one... Oh, they... With the act of imagination. Yeah. 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 And it's it's said that she is written... It's it said that in the cipher documents, it says, listen, hit up on a sprangle. <laughs> she's, got, she's got what you need to know. When I was looking through the translation of them today, I didn't see anything about that. Ah, so I don't know if that a was... new edition. There was other stuff that I did. You know, I didn't know if I was just reading a weird PDF, but I looked through 50 pages of this thing saying, okay, I where's Sprangle? I trust you, Connor. Yeah. Where's Sprangle? Where's Sprangle? Where's that Sprangle? He couldn't find yeah. Sprangle either. No one. I couldn't find Sprangle no, either. Sprangle. Nobody could find Sprangle. Connor gives us his truth. Yeah. Um, Wait, so they, she was, they said that she said all this stuff they became like the doctrine for the society and basically she kind of legitimized it. Made up person. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's kind of unclear because I think she was just kind of used to validate these tenants yeah. that they had put but forward. But it's cool that they chose to a have woman. a woman validate yes, the tenant. That is cool. I think on one hand, it's kind of a sign of the times, which is again fitting into the fact it's this kind of like 
new agey kind of equitable yeah. religion because they're like, you know, they're these aristocrats and it's the turn of the 20th century and they want to be a little different from the Freemasons. So they're kind of trying to, I think, trying to be sort of hip. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. yeah. They're Charming. just kind of being like, oh, you know, there's this cool medium in Germany and she said we could do it. And, and you, you know, should respect women because she's the boss yeah. technically. Which- yeah. And do you think, like, they felt that on their own, they couldn't really have Mackenzie's wife or have some other woman be in charge? It had to be this mystical creature. That didn't exist. That, yes. Yeah. That that almost that then if they were mad, they could sort of hate this fake creature. Like, she could kind of be the, I don't know. Yeah, I can't really tell. I <laughs> a, a part of me thinks it's, like, for mysticism's sake. Yeah. Like, it was just... Not not because they were afraid to volley these questions. Maybe they were, but it was just like the easy answer and kind of going with it is just like, oh, she it's a ghost. has all the answers. <laughs> yeah. She's far away. She speaks to ghosts. She kind of checks all the boxes. It's like she's wait, she speaks to goats? Ghosts. Oh, ghosts. <laughs> I, I mean, ghosts. she could I bet you she could speak to goats. And goats. That's a big part of the religion. You gotta chat with your goats. You well, and it's it's messy because like so this um I don't even know how to start with this. Uh there's this famous uh, like grifter. Yes! I love, the grifter. <laughs> love it, love it. A famous for the grifter pod. named Anne Odelia. Distabar? Distabar. Yeah. Distabar, we know her. You talk about Distabar. We know Distabar. Well, she. Swami? Swami. Laura Hora. Yes, we know her. Oh, we so, did this with Lydia. Well, oh my God, goes, Lydia's listening. She's going to freak out. Yes. That goes full circle. I'm very glad to bring it back because she claimed to have written Westcott as Anna Sprengler. Stop! And she would. It's she hard to would. say because you guys know her. She lied about everything. You know, yes. Houdini called her the best liar ever. She has <laughs> so many aliases. She has always a hand in every pot. Yes. And I'm sure you guys have read about her. It's just like, what is that gal going to do next? Swami's a mess. She just gets involved. She's, know, she's a like, messy bitch. Yeah, she is, she's everywhere. She's everywhere. Wow. And she's always lying. So... She jumps into the mix. Oh my god! And claim, you know, who know who knows where she said this? Because if you guys have seen, she lived in like fifteen countries. all over. No, She's I just, love yeah. it. Bouncing around, and here's another, you know, complicated thing. You know, uh, ignoring Swami Laura Horos, <laughs> the myth of Anna Sprengel is she is the Countess of Landsfeld, and she's of Nuremberg, and those are also what Swami Laura Horos claimed. <gasps> For Anne Odelia Distabar. That's she claimed to be the Countess of Lensfeld because she claimed to be the illegitimate daughter of Ludwig the One of Bavaria. L- Ludwig the One. Ludwig the First of Bavaria and Lola Montez. That was her right. original claim that she used to start grifting. Well, wow. I don't know when in the mix, but that sort of got blurred into the Anna Sprengel. I don't know if that's just because she claimed to be Anna herself, but those two things are the same Whoa. in both of them. They're both. The Countess of That Lansville, is so crazy. Allegedly. So when these and alive during the these same time. papers came around, did Distabar just be like, "Yo, that's me. I'm Anna Sprangle." She was. She was. Yes. <laughs> yeah, mean, that's papers, what I was thinking. Yeah, the papers didn't come around. Okay. Necessarily, I think she saw them or not. She heard about it and was like, "I want on Check, that. That's my ticket. Yeah. This yeah, is some like, fake shit that I know all about." Yeah. So I think she just jumped into the mix. 
and was like, oh, that was me talking to Westcott. But I couldn't find any evidence of correspondence between Westcott and Debar. Wow. So I don't She's a lying bit. Yeah. I don't think she was actually in the mix with with the Freemason boys. But she just used that I think maybe she just as her across defense. The pond, no, she used them for like, clout. Yeah, put me on that. I think she's literally like, put me on that. Put me on that. That was Yeah, she's a yeah. cloud chaser. She's a cloud chaser. Yeah. God, well, I love her. Yeah. And then I was reading this this crazy thing this afternoon that there was like the name on a sprangle was probably totally fabricated because um, there was a famous someone who founded the Hermetic Society in England was named Anna Kings Kingsford, mm-hmm. and then Sprengel was a German chemist who was a Royal Society fellow who invented a mercury air pump that was a vacuum. And so people think it's a cheeky, you know, like on a vacuum, like on a like emptiness, like nothing on Whoa. weed. Like the name itself was just, this was just this author I was reading today. Uh, oh, Tobias Jordan. You know, he was kind of making this case that like, even her name is just like, you know, this founder of the Hermetic Society in a vacuum. It's just like null. It's nothing. It's totally placeholder fictitious. That. Connor, this is amazing I love research. a little conspiracy theory like that when it's like Me too. so complicated that it couldn't be true, but then maybe it's true. But then, yeah, maybe those guys thought of the exact same thing in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's funny because, like, the whole thing was so mysterious and weird and in and out. And then, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Westcott winds up leaving the church. Buddy, it's your church. Why are you leaving it? (laughs) Okay. Right. What are you doing, bitch? You guys are going to like this, I think. Westcott leaves the church because... He leaves his holy documents in a taxi. Oh, what no, is that? In 1901, he leaves him in the taxi and he's afraid that he's going to lose his job as a coroner. Oh, what an And idiot. he says, I'm out. So it's, so, oh, that almost outed him. He was afraid that, so this was all secretive. He, he was a coroner and then on the DL, he was this mystic liar. I mean, it was somewhat, you know, it was like fringe, right? So I think we're dealing with this funny kind of like slice of aristocracy, like turn of the 20th century, where obviously people are trying to embrace the out and the far out and the otherworldly. Yeah. But also there's some kind of staunch, obviously, right? It's it's Great Britain in 1900. You know, there's a ton of super antiquated shit going on all the time and governing everything. So, you know, it's not crazy for me to believe he would lose his job as a coroner if it found out that he was the head of this church because I'm sure it was you know I'm I'm sure it was to a certain extent sacrilegious to someone who's maybe like a devout Catholic or Protestant in England or fronting as well but here's my thing is like he's an aristocrat and he's a coroner like that's not that that's what I was thinking too I just looked up coroner I was like isn't that who identifies dead bodies yes, yeah. but I dead body guy is yeah, that's what I, I literally, Sue, I was Googling that and I was so embarrassed. I was like, well, I think he was yeah. the top coroner. It says, uh, quick, but I'm looking on Google, it says, historically in England, an official responsible for safeguarding the private property of the crown. So, oh. a fire, like, well, bodyguard? And I think, coroner, crown. Identifier of death? I don't, obviously, I don't know with any of this, but I would assume it's like, you're involved in this religion that is embracing the occult and the ritualistic. And it's not like the Golden Dawn is about dancing with dead bodies or anything. But somebody who doesn't know anything about your church and knows that, like, you know, Alice, uh, Alistair Crowley is a member, right? Who is, you know, a famous freak. 
<laughs> for lack okay, of a right, better word. Okay, right, 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 right. Um, you know, someone who doesn't know anything knows that this famous freak is in your church and that you deal with the occult and that you deal with the hermetic and that you deal with the pagan ritual stuff or versions of it. And you're the guy who's in charge of all the dead bodies. It's like, forget about it. I don't know if you're going to still be in charge of the bodies, dude. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep those huh. dead bodies under control. Is, you got to keep them under wraps. It's funny because it's just like, you got to keep those bodies. got to keep those skeletons in your closet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just this absurd, like, he won't tell anyone where he got the documents, even though, again, it's not wrong to just tell the truth. You know, it took me probably a month of research on and off to just figure out that it's like this occultist, Frederick Hockley, his disciple, Mackenzie, writes it down, dies. His wife gives it to uh, Westcott. That's easy. It's pretty simple, yeah. That's easy, but this whole thing, you know, all this lying on a sprinkle, all this correspondence, all this saying he found it in a bookstall in Farrington Street. Why the fuck would you ever need to say that about anything yeah. ever? It's working so hard to just be like, I think I believe in yeah. equality for women. Exactly. <laughs> like it's really taking the long way to get there. Right. And then he just, you know, loses <laughs> his own, you know, it, it, I didn't even know they had cabs back then. That's <laughs> well, he, funny. He loses his yeah. documents of self-proclaimed unknown origin. Yeah. In the cab. And then is like, oh, guys, I really fucked this one up. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> quit. <laughs> I gotta leave this. Deuces. Um, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, all of this is absolutely crazy. Wow. And, you know, Mackenzie leaving sort of starts the first divide in the Hermetic Order, the Golden Dawn, and then it kind of slowly dissolves. And I think some people consider it to continue into like the 1910s and maybe 1920s. I mean, obviously, there's still people who kind of practice it today. So it has, if not a resurgence, it's continued to be kind of uh, like a, a, a countercultural kind of religious movement since then. But it, you know, its formal collapse is somewhere between 1901 and 1905. And, you know, part of that is because Westcott leaves and part of it, you know, actually, Aleister Crowley, the famous Mr. Crowley, he joins and some of the other founders are like, I don't know if we really want this guy. Yeah, creepo. Bad look. And then, uh, you know, so they they kind of bounce out and they're like, well, maybe, you know, kind of Protestant style. They're like, actually, fuck off. I'm the new leader. I know everything better than you. This is my second order. You know, there's some stuff like that. Right. Just, People want to be in charge and move things around. Yeah, exactly. But but it, I, so it only lasted 15 years. Yes. Wow. That's well, so much work for a church. short amount. This is this is really just like Westcott's web. Yeah. Yeah. Lasted, demise. Lasted the religion. 15 years because <laughs> yeah. it's you know, and people took it and ran with it, and other people. But it's just like he got his grubby little hands on this in 1888. And he says, I'm out in 1901. Honestly, I think this is a great scam. <laughs> I, I, this is a great scam. But don't well, you it's think funny. if you're going to start a religion, you got to be in it for the long haul. This is not a one-off project. This is not a freelance I job. I like it. <laughs> He's kind of like drops the like, mic and goes. My dad was like, well, were they making money off of it? Like, it's not a scam. And I was like, well, I don't think they're making money off it, but that's not because it's not a scam. Like, I think they're just trying to, you know, I think it was this grasp at like relevancy in this kind of newly circulating social order. Yeah, I think they were trying to like create their own version of feminism under an umbrella of mysticism. 
Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot, it kind of ties into a lot of stuff. It kind of loosely ties into like the Kabbalistic tree of life and tarot and certain forms of meditation. And actually, the reason all this started was because I was reading a book on meditation. (laughs) And in the very end of the book, the book makes it to the very end. And in the very end, uh, the author uh, pretty much... Like, psych, I'm leaving this in a cab. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's... No, 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 this is real. He's just sort of like comparing... Uh, Eastern meditation as it's, you know, like the most common understanding of meditation and Zen Buddhist meditation, for example, to kind of other religious groups and other religious outcroppings and their versions of meditation. And he cites the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn because they have this really specific form of meditation that essentially... Um, it's it's using the tarot symbols, but not in the not in the classic tarot deck of like I flip this card over and it means you're gonna die as as kind of the we understand it as people in the 21st century, but just uses the symbolistic tarot and they like imagine all of those. Uh, it, it's like they imagine those cards as temples, and their form of meditation is literally like an imagined journey from one temple to the other. Ooh, okay. That's cool. So it's, you know, I'm, it's so kind of like far It's like a little out. magic carpet ride. Yeah, exactly. Tarot card. But yeah. ultimately grounded in the principle of meditation. Meditation. Right? And, and taking time away from yourself and imagining yourself in a different situation such that you can kind of evaluate your it's, understanding of the world. It's so white people. It's like, yeah. I'm oh, going to yeah. take yeah, something yeah. that is a whole nother culture, meditation, a whole nother way of life, a whole nother religion, try it out, and then bail on it a couple of years later. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when well, we're over like Bikram Yoga. That's what white something. people do with religion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's other little things here and there. Like, you know, the cipher manuscripts are watermarked uh, 1809 mm-hmm. on all the pages. Mm. But then they cite the Rosetta Stone, which wasn't discovered in the West until 1822. So there's a lot of like forgery. Wait, what is Connor did his Rosetta Stone though? I know, I just know it's a language thing. Yeah. Yeah, I am going to Here's, pull it wait, up. Wait, really this is quick. what I'm going to guess it is while you pull it up. I'm going to guess okay, that yes. it's a stone that you touch and it makes you understand any language in the world. Okay. I'm going to guess that it's a woman named Rosetta Stone. She worked in a brothel and spoke of 500 different languages. I like that, too. I like that, too. Who's right? <laughs> the Rosetta Stone is a granodiorite steel discovered in 1799, which is inscribed with three versions of a decree issued in Memphis, Egypt, in 196 BC during the Ptolemaic dynasty. Wah, wah. I know, I know, I know. It's just... Uh, I just want to make sure I think. So it's not a stone I with special powers. Right. I mean, that's not necessarily. It's not a lady who runs a brothel. Oh, come on. Um, but wait, Connor, that just said it was discovered in the 1700s, but you said that the. But it was unknown. So it was discovered uh, in 1799, but they didn't know about that in London right. until uh, 1822. I which again, so they would have known about it when all this stuff's going on. It's just weird because the cipher documents are watermarked 1809. What? Again, just an obvious little like. You little goofballs yeah. made this up, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's another... Um, yeah, okay, so it talks about the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, which I kind of alluded to a little before, and the Trumps of the Tarot. Um, and both of those were kind of popularized by uh, Eliphas Levi, the French author, in 1855. 
So that's another thing. And so essentially the Rosetta Stone... All that was even later, yeah. Yeah, so essentially the Rosetta Stone just has this kind of... um, uh, I'm trying to think of the way to describe how it would relate to all this, but it just has this it looks like a literal stone yeah i mean in it was wikipedia stone people... hieroglyphics on it but it's essentially like the stories that we're telling were like e- egyptian mythology mm-hmm. and this cites a lot of that and if it were history right depending uh, on your understanding of it the hermetic order of the golden dawn uses a lot of egyptian iconography so i think that's just sort of where it comes from is like they wouldn't have been familiar with this iconography to cite it in 1809 mm-hmm. yet I just want to know so much about all this, like, sketchy Freemason shit. So definitely email both of us if you're a Freemason. And I'm so impressed with Swami. I can't believe she got her grubby little mitts in all She's this. She's on top of it because all. Because she fucked the whole thing up for all of us. Because if not for her, you could just say, you, Westcott, you dirty little devil, you made all this up. Right. But she just jumps in. She had and to she, get involved. You know, like, she... She has become the myth of Anna Sprengel because she's equated herself to it. And obviously her whole deal is she could just shyster her way into anything. And it's like, they didn't have fact-checking conventionally back then. Right, so that it's was like, the whole thing. if she just said it to 180 people because she right. wouldn't shut up, that's fine. That's the law. I have a kind of have a feeling, I don't know if like the times and where they were lined up, but because she traveled so much, maybe she met with Westcott or got word or figured him out real fast and then was like, I'm jumping on this. Like, mm-hmm. now I'm taking it she over. She had to be this part of it. This is obviously a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like, she, she figured his number out real quick and then jumped on. It got a great opportunity. And, you know, I couldn't find any transcriptions of, like, the actual letters. I think that would be the next step. I think if I could see, because, you know, people say the letters are forgeries, right, or all of this stuff, but I haven't seen any of the actual letters, so I would have to really... Dig it you up. You can spend more and more months on this. Many know, more months. Like, we're fine. Be, I with need it. another debilitating <laughs> yeah, injury, injury <laughs> such that I can't. You need to sprain your ankle. Caitlin, just give him a I, punch in the balls. Um, yeah, exactly. Split four into eight. Eight. Yeah. No, stop. Enough of this. <laughs> no, just fall down some stairs. But in all seriousness, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but Connor did say he did spend more time on this than some school papers, and so I have I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a lot well, of these, I had so much time on my hands, and then today I had no time on my hands and was really stressed out, just cramming all of this into my brain. Because as you guys can hear. There's just a lot of There's BS. There's a lot. to untangle. They want that like that, though, so you don't exactly. understand it. Yes, they depend well, on that. It, That's why Swami smelled that shit from a mile away. Yeah. She's like, and call me Anna. It took me so, like, I didn't even really have such a clear ABC until, like, today. And I've been <laughs> oh, reading about three this. Three hours ago. Yeah, I've been reading about this for, like, four, three months. Whoa. And just today, it was like... Oh, of course it's Frederick Hockley. That occultist, he would have written all It's like, so, you know. Wait, so let's break it down. So Frederick Hockley's came up with some ideas, and then his student was Mackenzie. Mackenzie wrote everything down, died. Then Mackenzie's wife and Wickham, what's his name? She sold it to Westcott. Westcott. So Mackenzie's wife and Westcott got involved, and then Westcott shot his mouth around and then um Mm -hmm. swami jumped in and said i'm this person yeah okay and you know westcott is like 
I think I made it more confusing for our listeners, but that's how I understand. No, well, Westcott's like, I talk to Sprangle, Mackenzie talks to Sprangle. It is all good. Sprangle wants us to do this. Okay. But Sprangle's not real. But Sprangle's not real. So Swami wow. is just made like, out of sprinkles. Wait a minute. She's made out of sprinkles. You're damn right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She talks to ghosts. Um, I really love that they were such feminists. I mean, that's exciting. Well, that's what's, I think, exciting about the whole thing. It makes it not so shysty. Well, right, because most of these yeah. cults and most of these religions at the time were all about, like, you know, tying women up and murdering them yeah. because of their existence yeah. and calling them witches to burn at the stake. This was about celebrating women that they were equal to men. I yeah. don't know. Well, I'm, I'm skeptical because they're still Freemasons in a fraternal, like, male organization, so. But don't you think that they were a part of it for, okay, this is my theory, Okay, for their job opportunities, like when some like guys a networking. join a fraternity because they, yeah, the networking. So they're in the networking and then they're like, you know what, this is bullshit, I can't handle it any longer. We're branching out. Yeah. And then the way that we're going to branch out is to then include all these lies. But then the only way to legitimize that these women should be considered equal is that we have this scary, fake Anna Springles character who is a mystic and will murder you if you don't listen to her, basically. So they had to create this fake, scary woman to get everybody to behave and listen. Well, and I think an even more yeah. conspiratorial idea would be that maybe, you know, because Westcott bought the papers from M Mrs. McKenzie and had them lie about it, that it could have even been something as antiquated as like, he needed an excuse to put her at the top so she would be loyal yeah. and not talk. So I don't know if he would have back retroactively designed a whole religion yeah. Wait. for that. Wait, but... what if Mackenzie wrote the papers? Mrs. Mackenzie. Ooh, I what love that. Mama Yeah, yes, that's I love that. And that's why she's then, in the order. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm on top of this shit. You can take the credit. You can run it. But this is my work. I would like I that. like that. Yeah, that I like gives that a this lot. way more of a, I think, again. That's what I'm choosing to believe because there's yeah. no one alive to defend <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. This is feminism. That's, I think, much more positive. Like, yeah. yes, Miss McKenzie wrote the papers. Yes, Anna Sprengel was made up. Yeah. Yes, you get in there, Swami Laura Horace. <laughs> Come on, Horace. Like, you lied about it. Like, get in there, girl. You get up there, girl. This yes, I moment. love this. <laughs> oh, my God. Connor, thank you so much for doing thank all this research. Thank you guys for letting me talk about this because Wait. it was so fun. Connor, thank uh, you so much. This is Connor, fascinating. This was a joy. Yes. <laughs> thank you so guys fun. for uh, having me. I think me. I'm this joining this so religion. Fun. I think I'm joining well, the order again, of the circular If you are Swami. a member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn or affiliated... Cbrodnick at gmail.com. Scamwellpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. yeah. Get us on that CC. Us. And this is not, you know, this is not facetious in any way, even though I have maybe just called all of your holy texts uh, facetious. You know, <laughs> fraudulent. <laughs> um, I am easily turned. <laughs> and I would just love I'm to hear what you have to say about it. And, you know, maybe Anna Sprengel was your great, great, great grandmother. And you're like, yes. dude hold the phone. We'd love to meet her. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we'd love to see, I mean, we'd love to hear about right? her. So she's probably floating around she's in still the around? somewhere. So if Maybe you she'll come to us tonight. Sue, do you still have any tarot cards? Yes. Yeah, if you could conjure her Get for out your Ouija. Come on. Exactly. Amazing. And so guys, also, if 
all of this is that we're hoping is true and you want to give us a call, you can call us on our hot tip hotline because you know I love a phone call, which is 347-509-9414. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. This was a blast. Yes. And we will see you next week. Yeah. Thank you, Connor. (laughs) Okay. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming, and death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.